0: Hello, I'm Bridget Harvey and I'd like to welcome you to Getting Making, a podcast exploring how we make things, collect them, live with them, work with them and care for them. Um, So now I'm going to speak with Simon Fleury, who is a conservator. Um, He originally trained as a photographer, making photographs, taking them, developing them and so on. And then he came to conservation rather than studying it. He trained on the job at the VA, transitioning from a technical role or technician role to being an actual conservator under the watchful eye of Pauline Webber. Um, he and I met at the VA in 2018 when I was there as artist in residence. Um, and I wanted to talk to him now about his um, work around the Richard Redgrave cartoons and photographs and the conservation work that was started with that and also how he's been working to sort of adapt and evolve the perspectives and thinking around conservation through his own practice so thank you pleasure so um do you want to tell us a little bit more about how you came to conservation work and how you understand it in terms of it being a type of care
1: yes um, i came I joined the V&A, the Victorian Albert Museum as a technician and the, this was a very established pathway into the museum and it still exists quite often it's um, you come out of art school you have a few years of sort of finding bits of work but it's very precarious and the museum or those jobs really offered people a, a chance to kind of to kind of step out of that precarious precarious situation yeah. of being a freelance artist or designer or, and I ended up working with a really great bunch of people um, in one of the technical roles that was attached to the conservation department and from there after settling into that role and working for a few years we were kind of subsumed under and within the VNA's paper conservation studio mm very fortunate to work with a great bunch of people and um, that our the head of the studio Pauline Weber was very open to training people up if they were curious and interested in what conservation was doing and this was a, a really great opportunity yeah um, but it didn't I didn't arrive with a kind of um, college-based training in conservation so Although I had a lot of kind of understanding of the photographic objects and of objects on paper to a degree as a maker and as a, um, somebody who'd worked within photography as both an assistant and photographer, um, there was space there. And, and that was a very different time. It was f- far, e- there was time and yeah. resources. You know, this probably wouldn't happen now. Yeah. You know, quite understandably, museums are. Pretty strapped for cash. Yeah. And yeah. time time and resources are really um, few and far between.
0: Um, and I guess a lot of objects to work on from different areas and a lot of um, oh, the, the museums. different styles of yeah. uh, photographic material to yeah. explore.
1: Yeah. I mean the the VNA has an extraordinary collection of photographs. Mm. Not least kind of after the Royal Photographic Society was also yeah. brought down to the VNA uh, quite um controversially but you know that again I think what was really interesting for me and what came you know I didn't realize this at the beginning but there was this extraordinary um history of the photograph working itself in the museum so mm-hmm. the museum's Photography was there before they built the museum. It came yeah. out of the crystal, um, the great exhibition of 1851. Yeah. And photography was just kind of an experiment that was taken into the museum setting yeah. and kind of set to work. And it's been working for over 160 years. So, yeah. th- so there's this incredible history, material history as well, and history of practice and technology that sits alongside the, the, the kind of what's known now as the art of photography, so the aesthetic. Yeah. So yeah. you have the aesthetic and historic objects in the collection, but you have also this incredible kind of history of um, photographic production.
0: Yeah. And then, um, and I guess also photography as a tool within conservation practices, yes. right? yeah, yeah. And that's uh, what you ended up looking at with the Richard Redgrave it is. Uh, photographs, right? It is, yeah. Um,
1: um, there was a, one of the museum's earliest curators was a man called Richard Redgrave. Um, and nobody really knows why, but um, when the Raphael cartoons arrived at the V&A on loan from the royal family... Redgrave, who had already started using photography to kind of document the condition of objects. So he was very interested in how some of the objects were actually obviously very fragile materially, and he was using photography in order to kind of establish how change was happening. Um, He was very interested in, in a sort of a form of material analysis that drew heavily on photography as a way to sort of stabilise an image of mm-hmm. an object at a point in time and then he could then gauge if, if he went back to that object later how much change had occurred yeah. but what he did and what we never really know where it came from is he had there were photographs made of the cartoons in 1858 extraordinary glass plate negatives that the v still has in its holdings mm. he had prints made and when the cartoons arrived at the museum he started to document their condition by overwriting um, annotations over the photographic prints so he created this kind of the first instance we think of what we still know and use, as yeah. conservators, as a condition report yeah. of an object. Yeah. Um, and this was really groundbreaking. It was yeah. a groundbreaking use of photography. It was a very interesting form of documentation and, of, and a, almost like a different form of kind of material history yeah. that yeah. was going on.
0: Yeah. Um, and then a record for everyone going forward as well, yes, right? Yes, exactly. The, yeah. the sort of record of condition and also um, work done. Or just condition
1: no, I mean he was very clear actually in his um, in the paperwork around the arrival of the cartoons, he was very clear and it says he states quite clearly, uh, no repairs should be made okay he, so he was already aware of people who had been re- making repairs on the cartoons mm. um, and saw that this had caused damage yeah. Uh, and was pretty irreversible, I would say. And so he was very keen to document the condition, but not to undertake any repairs at that time. Yeah.
0: And did he document those previous repairs on those photographs?
1: Um, He documented the condition and it was fairly general. Yeah. but what he was most seemed to be most preoccupied with were were the, the kind of the symptoms of those objects having actually not been works of art to begin with. Yeah. They were designs, they yeah. were cartoons, and they were cut um at the time after they'd made been made by Raphael, they were cut and in order to be sent to the tapestry yeah. makers. Yeah. And then they were reattached and when that happened, I think Redgrave could see that that hadn't been done yeah. particularly well.
0: Yeah, amazing. And so then, with the with the photographs that he produced or he uh, he worked onto, they've then become museum objects in and of themselves. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which they is really fascinating. Are both condition report and objects objects? Yeah. And they yeah. have their own condition reports?
1: Um they do yeah i've I mean what the reason I got interested in them was being pointed in the direction uh by the curator, Martin Barnes, but also that, as a conservator, one of these condition reports arrived on my desk one morning, yeah, in order for it to be prepared and conserved and documented by me, yeah, in order for it to go on exhibition,
0: oh wow, and yeah. I was
1: really intrigued, like yeah. hold on a minute, yeah. Because Redgrave was adamant that photography was a tool and there are documented sort of exchanges between him and Henry Cole. Like, no, photography is not an art form. Yeah. I think it's wrong that we're displaying it. Yeah. But somehow... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what's going... What is a museum doing... Yeah. ...when it's making objects out of objects that were yeah. technical and tools? Yeah, yeah. So I became quite fascinated by that.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a it's a, a funny little infinity loop somehow, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So they were put. It was one of them was put on display. He said. Yes. Why was it put on display? What was um, it displayed I, with, or what was I, it trying to?
1: It was put on display as in the kind of history and art of photography. Okay. And how documentation practices works within the museum, yeah. but what I also became really interested in is it would be very unlikely that the condition report that I was making of yeah. the condition report yeah. would go on display. Yeah. So there's some kind of art historical distance that yes. needs, to be, needs to exist in order for an object to come back yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, and but I guess
0: some kind of significance of, of moment as well, you know, that, yes. like what it's a condition report of, yes, but also the fact that it appears to be the first condition report exactly. of that type. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as I guess the others that followed it, maybe maybe the art of creating them has become more honed or, you know, whatever, but the objects themselves are less significant somehow.
1: Yeah, 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 but, absolutely. Um,
0: How big are are the photographs?
1: The photographs are about... um, He would have had to have held it. Yeah. Because the cartoons are four by five metres.
2: Yeah, huge.
1: So he must have had, at some point, ladders. Mm. He must have been able to hold the report. It's mounted on a sort of card. The photographs are mounted on a card backing. Yeah, it's probably about... Measure about 450. 45 centimetres yeah. by 35 centimetres. Yeah. So you could sort of hold it. Yeah. And you might precariously balance on your ladder yeah. and do your annotations. Yeah. And then keep moving around. Yeah. And, you know, and he you can feel this sense when you look at his reports. He's, he, And it's still how a conservator would make the same report you would move you would get very close to something that you're mm. particularly concerned about and then you would draw back and so it's yeah. this constant sort of movement yeah. around the object
0: yeah and a sort of physical engagement with yeah, it yeah
1: very much
0: at what point would you touch it or would you not would it all be observation this,
1: um, at this point i really mm. like that you've used the word observation because yeah. part of what i'm interested in is Oftentimes, language around kind of objectivity yeah. is used, but I'm. What I've found is observation, observability is actually what's going on. Yeah, it, objectivity is, is very strong. It feels yeah. like so it's an obs. You're you're making observations. Often, when you look at reports or when you make reports, there's lots of doubt there because yeah. you're not sure what's caused this or what's happening so there's lots quite a bit of speculation and doubt and observation so as a conservator and this is something you is quite unusual you do within your within the kind of your disciplinary boundaries you can touch Mm. the object and I know that colleagues later on in the 1990s that made condition reports of the cartoons in the 1990s did make small repairs Mm. and did physically touch yeah um and so that kind of because there's there's the sense that you should and you will know how to do that yeah yeah um yeah.
0: So it's a particular kind of type of touch rather than just to sort of pick it up and turn it over. Hopefully. Of, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A sort of gentler approach to it. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of thinking about um, observing, observing more than just passing your eyes over, it makes me think about how we pay attention to things and like the kind of things that we are looking for. So... You know, when you walk through a museum, you don't necessarily spend a long time stood in front of Mm. particular objects. You might do in front of some, but not all of them. Or you'd have to take a very long time to walk through the (laughs) V&A if you (laughs) stop to look at everything in great detail. But I guess you must spend, as a conservator, you spend a long time observing and getting to know the objects that you're looking at.
1: You can do, yeah. Um, if you're if you're lucky, yeah. And what I found looking at this kind of history at the V&A of of the the documentation of the cartoons is that there was a major project in the nineteen nineties, and um, the conservator Alan Derbyshire had several years oh, with wow. the cartoons, That's a and huge he made extraordinary, time. extensive condition reports. Yeah. And I, you know, from, from the perspective of where we are now, I see that as a, a, a luxury of time. Yeah. So it would be very rare that you would have that amount of time. Yeah. But you're right. The, you know, there's a, I, I get a real sense of when I look at his reports and look at the work that was done, because lots of different modes of kind of documentation were used, mm. lots of it photographic. Um, and there, a, uh, and I've spoken to Alan about this. Uh, there's a real intimacy that develops. Yeah. Yeah. And and for me, what I find interesting about conservation is that that sort of material, that intimacy that builds up. Yeah. Through having time to spend with an object, or well, yeah. I mean, it's it's having that time, really.
0: Do you think you need to? like the object in the first place to build that or do you think you can build a relationship with it
1: i think you can build i've built relationships with some really unhappy objects yeah (laughs) yeah like like really kind of certain forms of photographic film yeah really unstable and decaying yeah but i think yeah given enough time
2: yeah
1: maybe maybe it's context is more difficult. Yeah. with an object. Yeah. Where, um, and if you know its context and it's not very pl- I don't know, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I
0: suppose it changes object to object and also mm. person to person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah um, and then in your work now, how are you what are you how are you working around conservation now and what kind of um what kind of approaches are you taking or exploring or, or trying to push the boundaries of...?
1: In a more kind of theoretical and creative... yeah, yeah. Yes, so I've been... Because my background is kind of in, in art photography and fine art and, and I've that never really left me. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of mostly worked part-time as a conservator and I would kind of have time to to also make work to yeah. still make work and to still kind of try and think about things and I think it was coming across this kind of way that photography had this dual life in the museum mm-hmm. as both this way of mode of documentation and through my work through what I learned as a conservator yeah and also I'd always been fascinated really by the kind of straight up type of documentary photography and how that worked within aesthetic practices a little bit more. So what what I what I've become interested in is a how what does conservation afford as far if you're thinking about the history of photography or if you're thinking about practice and technology and how history is made with and through these practices yeah that that's kind of an I mean I'm still have a studio I'm still practicing as a a kind of a straight-up conservator and uh, looking after people's objects with the utmost care yeah but I'm very interested in what you what conservation might do otherwise what how it has for me this very interesting way of approaching complex situations contemporary situations say that are really you could say are unraveling in the mid social the the kind of environmental um uh and how conservation because it i think what I'm interested in, in, as a conservator, your f- first um, encounter with the object is material. Yeah. As a curator, and this is... I'm really generalising, very much it's about context. Yes. It's about whether it's a, a museum object or, you know, is it an aesthetic object? Yeah. What's its history? And again, this is where photography is really interesting for me because as a conservator in the, a place like the VNA with this incredible history of the technical photograph, yeah. I could be asked to look at objects that aren't in a good condition that are actually still technical objects. Yeah. Um, or, or one you know, you could have a bit like Red Graves Report, although it's now a museum object, there's the possibility there seems to be this possibility for things to, to kind of shift and change over yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Not unlike the cartoons, yeah. the Raphael's cartoons—they yeah. they weren't intended to be these kind of Renaissance Special. masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, I've been trying to think about how conservation might adapt or evolve if you push beyond this kind of preoccupation with very specific objects—the yeah. kind of aesthetic object—and yeah. how the, the the kind of um, as a, as a form of kind of disposition, really, a sense yes. of material sensitivity. Obviously, objects, as a conservator, you become very aware that objects are so affected by their environments.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, temperature, humidity, light can damage and yeah. can change things. So if you take that, those, those kind of sensitivities and dispositions of, of becoming aware of the material... And then start to kind of build out from that. Yeah. Um, and where does that care and that kind of duty of care? Does it just end with that object, or yeah. can that be applied elsewhere? Yeah. You know. Yeah. More kind of environmentally and. Um, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. That kind of understanding of how things exist in amongst other things and yes. what affects them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so how has that sort of fed into what you're doing with the Museum of Care?
1: The Museum of Care is a... I'm, I'm very interested in David Graeber's work. Yeah. I've read David Graeber. Um, I'm, and I like the idea that anyone can set up a room in this museum. Yeah. yeah. You know, having come from a museum where that wouldn't be quite yeah. so straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a speculative gesture to say if there's this is a museum without any objects yeah. and they state that and so i was very drawn to that because yeah. it's like well if there are no objects what are conservators going to do yes you know yeah yeah what where where does conservation fit in how might it adapt yeah and how might it be shaped by that there isn't a, an object necessarily yeah. there what yeah. what do you care for, for and what, what matters, yeah. what, what, where does care go if, if suddenly it's not the object that's placed or in front of you as a yeah. conservator. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: It does, yeah, because I guess it's, it goes back to what you were saying about that kind of ethos that, so if you take away the material practice of being a conservator, what still identifies you as a conservator and where do you where do you direct that energy, and how mm. do you direct that energy and I guess that idea i mean it's it's quite it's almost absurd to say it's a museum with no objects in it, but actually you know you can extend that thinking then to the museum as well, okay, so if a museum if you take the objects out of a museum, what is it standing for, and yeah. what is it trying to um hold or communicate and who to and how does it mm. do that I guess maybe this is not quite right but in a way there's a relationship with that with uh with kind of catalogues insofar as you know it's an ex- exhibition without the exhibition isn't it yeah. so it's like the the essays in it are about the thinking and the the contextualization and so on and so forth yeah and maybe you have photographs of the objects, but you don't often have photographs of the actual exhibition within that catalogue. No. Um you know, yeah. so the exhibition kind of ceases to exist within it. Yes. Um yeah. so maybe there's some kind of parallel mm. there.
1: Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um and I and I think as well that, that some of the thinking for me was that having spent so many years at, at the V&A and at the museum, it, 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 for many people, it's not just a job. Yeah. N- not only are you, do you, is this this kind of incredible intimacy with objects yeah. and caring for those, but, but you're also aware of this real. Um, I think uh, the French philosopher Bernard Stiegler called it these kind of long chains of practice. Yes. You know, if if you can look at photography in the museum over 160 years, that's that's a long. You know that there's there's a there's a kind of um, a lineage of practice, yeah. and and you can follow that lineage to how conservation came into the museum in kind of mid to late sixties. Yeah. And you get attached to yeah. people and to things. Yeah, yeah. And so I was very interested in how, what I'd learned as a conservator. What what, what else could you conserve about that? Yes. Because. Resources museums are really struggling as everyone knows. Yeah. you know, the I don't really like the word neoliberalism, but the effects on the museum of the last 20 years it's the sort of economization of the yes. museum is, is having uh, is affecting people's practices. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they these things are also what I became interested in is that these things also like many of the objects are quite fragile yes and damage can be done yeah yeah you know through carelessness yeah can can happen
0: and I guess there's a risk of losing the expertise built up through the individual's years of practice of engaging with that lineage because if you're Training to be a conservator, or you're moving to a new institution after doing your training, you're going to overlap with people who've been there already, which offers that kind of continuity, yeah, right? Exactly. And if you start to break that down, then you you fragment the 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 lineage of the knowledge as well. Yes. Um, which you know, anyone who works in some kind of material creative practice, you know that actually there is there are certain things that happen if you bend a piece of wood too far, it will snap. Mm. You know, but someone telling you that, and then you practicing it while someone's overseeing you, is kind of vital to your the building of your expertise. Isn't yes, it? very much. And yeah, so, if you yeah. start to fragment that, then, yeah, um, accidents. More accidents will happen. More
1: accidents that. will happen. Those skills the get more lost. More clumsiness.
0: Yeah, things uh, get lost.
1: And I kind of now think that where damage to an object you know I, if I have an object in the studio and it's damaged with time and skills and whatever I can repair that when you start undermining or undoing those long chains of kind of knowledge yeah. of skills and expertise it's very difficult I think yeah. that, that's what almost worries me mm. and worries people not just me that that it within the sector that it's very difficult if 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 you make cuts and you do all of that and you sort of intervene in that way f- to to repair that yes going forward yeah you know. yeah I mean something new and different might come but it will be very difficult to go back yeah to to that yeah um, that I guess that sense of kind of.
2: Ongoingness.
1: Uh, ongoingness. And, I, and, you know, in some ways, I think it's a bit of a travesty that national institutions, national museums, this should be where we are conserving those skills. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. It, um, especially as we're getting more and more objects, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there are yeah. More and more things <laughs> being stopping. created. Um, <laughs> so there's more and more stuff to choose whether to keep and how you keep it. So you need that kind of knowledge, I mean, having walked around the v a storerooms, I'm sure you've spent far more time there than I have, but you know there's there's an absolute wealth of forms, yes, but materials uh, sizes, you know storage methods like all sorts you know mm. all of which has been developed and built up and then is still being built upon yes um yeah yeah you know and and now so many of the things that we we get our kind of hybrid, mixed materials, uh, mixed technologies, and and so on. You know, they need the ability to collaborate with different forms of conservation knowledge, right? Mm. Um, to keep those objects, yeah, um, going in and of themselves. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, a digital photograph while it obviously it can be printed onto a material but the digital object itself is a different thing to the material object and yes. different knowledge and skills based Yeah. Um, so that needs that that the ability to build relationships and maintain those relationships within that as well to mm-hmm. deal with those different kind of objects right
1: yeah and the technology required you know it's it, it, it it's not really cold storage and all of those things mm. that are uh, so essential to preserving objects are really not s- sustainable yeah. as far as a climate crisis. Yeah. So, it, it, there, but there are people, but there it's important that there are people, it's, it's the same in a way that, um, I wasn't, resp- although I was looking after the museum's photographic holdings yeah. mostly, I really didn't have much knowledge about what's called the. Um, digital natives. Yes, you know, like yeah. uh, like you were just saying, a yeah. digital object, and how what does it take to care for those? Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah.
1: And there's int- very interesting work going on around that. But yeah. it was kind of, I, I would like you say, I would need to go to somebody to talk yeah. back through and and to sort of to understand the the, the, the different requirements of. Yeah. Of, of materials, yeah, yeah, different,
0: yeah, and different forms of expertise yeah. kind of knocking together through a common practice. Mm. Well, thank you.
1: That's no, a pleasure. Yeah.